Welcome to We Shadows, the podcast about design and technical theater in the Twin Cities. I'm your announcer, Anita Kelling. There are many different jobs in the theater, and when dealing with a space that is used for tours and rentals, there's a whole other layer of roles. One such role is that of the house tech. This week, Rachel Lanto sat down with O'Shaughnessy Auditorium's house tech, Mary Beth Zorn, to discuss her career and advice. This conversation took place on January 11th, 2021. Welcome to our little podcast. <laughs> Hi, Rachel. So I uh, just want to start with like, introduce yourself. What is your job title? What do you do typically when we're not in a pandemic? <laughs> right. Um, my name is Mary Beth Zorn. Um, I am, I guess the, the, the technical term for what I do is I'm a house technician at the O'Shaughnessy Auditorium on the St. Catherine University campus. Now, what is a house technician? Um, there are four positions in the theater, sound, lights, and two deckhands. And um, I'm one of those. I'm, I run the lights. So um, master electrician, uh, lighting designer, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it, all of the above, I guess. Um, it, it's just it, at the O'Shaughnessy, we tend to uh, kind of morph the departments when necessary or if necessary on an extreme basis. If I had to run sound, which <laughs> I can't, <laughs> but if I could play, hit play on a CD player or whatever they're using, an iPod, whatever, um, I could do that um, so that we're not, we're not strict departments. So um, that's why house technician, which confuses everybody, is sure. what the title is. So all right. Um, how long have you been at the O'Shaughnessy? Ah, oh, minus the pandemic, um, twenty-one years. Wow. Since nineteen ninety-nine, fall of ninety-nine. So yeah, that's that's a long time. <laughs> it didn't hit me until like the year, like nineteen years. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Jeez. How did yeah. you? Um, how did you end up there? How, or like, what were you doing before then? Yeah, I worked at a law firm before that. I was kind of the jack of all trades, messenger, office supplies, you know, the the behind the scenes, huh, no pun intended, um, person at the law firm. And um, it closed. Uh, it, it, it merged it well it no it 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 shattered and it all the attorneys and whatnots went every which way and us staff members that are you know really odd like myself um we're kind of on our own so um my now husband had just moved down from North Dakota and he on a whim while packing grabbed the newspaper and looked at the God, what is it, the 440s and the Star Tribune 550s? I don't remember where they used to list jobs for theaters or acting and stuff like that. And um, he saw St. Catherine at that point, um, St. Kate's College, no, College of St. Catherine, that's what they were, um, technical director. So he applied and long story short, he got the job and then found out that the house positions were being started at the O'Shaughnessy and said, Hey, do you think we could work together? We went to college together. So I figured we could. And 
the rest is history. So Jeez. <laughs> did you did you have any previous experience in in theatrical lighting? Or yeah. Okay. Yeah, I both he and I graduated um, from Carroll College, now Carroll University in Waukesha, Wisconsin, with theater degrees. He went on to get a master's. I just moved up to the Twin Cities and worked a lot of, well, not a ton, but a, a decent amount of theater jobs, a lot of stage management. Um, but when I could, I would do some lighting design. And um, then this kind of came in and I didn't need a specific thing. In fact, I think I came in as a deckhand. So I didn't need any of the, the big lighting design or anything like that technicalities that it was a bonus but it didn't it didn't mean much in the end well maybe it did because I ended up being the lighting person now so there it is can you just for layman's terms um explain exactly what your job as like a master electrician is I guess um at the O'Shaughnessy it's probably a little different Eh, maybe not I I I Sadly, I'm not, don't work much in the rest of the union halls. So um, my my job position or what I do is I'll talk to the client when they come in and ask them what, if they don't have a designer coming in with them, um, you know, what are their lighting needs? What are they looking for? You know, do they have a plan? (laughs) Um, Because I also end up being the de facto stage manager if, it's we we do a lot of community groups <laughs> and they don't really know how theater works they just want the magic to happen and so we kind of help them along with that process of okay well this is what you need to do and this is what needs to happen and if you want everything to run smoothly you got to do this that and the other thing um so um it if a if there is a designer that comes in i usually communicate with them via email um, hopefully weeks before so I can find out what needs there are if there's a, a light plot which is you know basically the 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 blueprint of of where I need to put lights and what colors need to go into those lights and all that other stuff if there's lights that we need to rent or equipment that we need to rent um, that sort of stuff um, and then I'll be in communication until they come in hopefully not much communication but um, then they come in and we figure out what needs to happen. And I'll say, well, I, I had this, but this doesn't work. And, you know, I was thinking this for this and this angle I told you wasn't going to work, but you didn't tell me to do something else. So here it is and see, <laughs> you know, those sort of things. Um, and then I help with the programming. The designer will sit there and tell me to how to program the machine. Or sometimes I allow the the a designer to do it himself or herself if it's quicker um, instead of just rattling it off and me being a middleman I can just sit there in shadow and and sit next to them and they can type away all they want um, I'm not I'm very flexible with with those sort of things just because it's about time you know it, it's <laughs> not it's about time it's <laughs> it's regarding the amount of time we have for the show to happen and if we're short on time then i would rather they do it and be comfortable that it's going to get done as opposed to me going oh yeah where's that button or i don't know how to do that or you know that sort of thing on the on the on the board so 
um, for particularly for like the O'Shaughnessy space is um, how long does it usually take you to prep a light plot for some company that's coming in just yeah, we we have uh, our own rep light plot, and a lot of people use that and just kind of change the colors. They might change some focus here and there um, of where lights are and what, what lights do. Um, I really try to dissuade some big changes just because of, you know, if we have something next that's going to be back to a normal rep plot, or uh, we've had a few that have that have wanted us to literally strip the electrics down to only their lights. And I'm, um, <clears throat> are you sure? <laughs> it's really, they're, they're not, they don't move. So um, I don't know that that's necessarily, but okay, if that's what you want, that's what we'll do. Um, so um, having our own plot has been extremely helpful and, um, our hall does things a little differently too, in that we will prep before they come in the door. So if I can get all the information that I need to get a light plot up and running for the next show, if I can have that done the day before, um, bonus, because then we can just bring somebody in, we can focus the lights and start queuing instead of spending a whole day of prepping or, you know, uh, hanging the lights and all that <clears throat> yeah and just for anyone who might not be aware or have been in the O'Shaughnessy space before um like brief description of what that what the space looks like and what that means for lighting right it's a proscenium space um and we have we have an articulating ceiling so we have um we can block off our balcony so that it's a uh we have full space is about 1800 seats so um, main floor is about 660. And so if, if it's going to be a smaller event or um, people want it to be more uh, close and, and intimate or whatever, um, we drop the ceiling as we call it. And then um, my front of house focus, the lights that hang over the audience then have changed angle. So then I have to refocus, I believe it's 20, 24 lights up there to make sure that they're hitting the stage properly or hitting certain people properly. Um, and um, so that change depends, you know, if we do a big rocker, if you've seen anybody who's, you know, a, a rock performance on our stage, the ceiling's been out. <laughs> and that's, um, it has a, a different, it's a steeper angle. So it makes for more challenges um, you know, and the lower angle is, has its own challenges as well, but you know, that's the joys of flexibility. So, um, so yeah, it's very much a proscenium space unless lately there's been a big trend to have all the curtains up and, you know, you can see backstage and it drives the crew crazy because they don't want to be seen because that's <laughs> our training. So, um, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, at this point we'll do anything cause we haven't worked in them year so <laughs> good god um do you, would you say that you guys get more dance more music or more theater like typically what's the kind of what do you get more of i guess in that space we we would get more dance i would think um we don't get a lot of musical acts we were tight with um sue mclean for a while um, but then once she got the zoo 
situation, then it pretty much died off. No, oh, that was a bad, bad pun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, and we haven't really pushed the, the concerts a lot lately. Um, They haven't, they've, they've been lucrative, but you know, it's kind of, half and half so dance is primarily what we have although like i said we have a lot of actually we have a lot of graduations and commencements um a lot of uh the saint paul public school system with some of their bigger uh schools and smaller schools will cram it into one weekend of graduation goodness um Mm -hmm. and so pomp and circumstance is not necessarily our favorite thing to play these days um (laughs) it's just a little too much sometimes. Um, so, and, um, we have a couple of, uh, Chinese dance groups that come in too. And I know that we're, we're sought out for that. I think because of our ability to, to wing it pretty well. Um, we don't know Mandarin. I should after 20 years know some, (laughs) I've tried. (laughs) It's hard. It's really hard. I bet. Um, I, I started to know some colors and, and I've now lost that. And after all this time, I really should be, I should be zeroing in on that. Dear Duolingo, let's <laughs> work on my Chinese. So, Cool. Um, well, thank you for sharing kind of where you're at right now. Um, I <laughs> guess <laughs> I am. Um, I'm curious about um, how did you get into the- like theater? Why did you choose this field? Uh, to begin with what how did you end up going down this path um I when I went to college I I didn't I did I didn't do any acting on in uh, I think I did a little bit in grade school does that even count um high school I didn't do anything I uh helped with makeup on one show and it just so happened that one show was a one act festival thing um that you know the high school one act performances in wisconsin and it just so happened that the place i decided to go to school to go to college um that professor was one of the judges of that and we we won that competition for that show and he was just like gaga over the fact that you know he had one of those students from that school from that show and i was like okay i just slathered on some makeup that's what okay great but he i auditioned for the first show it was one of those i'm outside of my hometown which i desperately wanted to get out of i i need to to kind of slough off this old skin and start over and so i auditioned for antigone (laughs) never having been on stage or anything like that and um apparently did really well because then he pulled me aside and he said listen I really want to cast you but you have no stage presence but I really want to persuade you to become a theater major because you you have a talent like oh oh all right okay um (laughs) You know, and of course, I'm already on this path of going down into biology and that sort of stuff, thinking I was going to cure multiple sclerosis. Yeah. Okay. Bless you. Uh-huh. And, you know, strong wishes, right? Yeah. Um, so the next semester I took um, this class that wasn't even part of the major 
or minors and really enjoyed it and said, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start this thing. And yeah. And much to my parents' dismay, sort of, I remember telling them I was in the backseat of the car, we were driving home or driving somewhere. And I said, so, and they asked, so have you thought of, you know, what your major is going to be? And I said, yeah, I'm going to be a theater major. And I just saw them just sink. (laughs) 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 I felt so bad. But at the same time, it's like, I, I felt really confident that what the, the, that the, um, the stuff I was learning was going to do a lot for me. And it did. So there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and my mom ended up accepting it pretty strongly. And, you know, she, she loved going to the theater anyway. Um, my dad, I think to this day, doesn't understand why <laughs> I do it, but here I am. So. So I assume there's no other theater artists in your family or anything like that? Nope. um mom was a nurse dad was a engineer kind of and my brothers were both engineers so yeah no oh my gosh wow mom mom had some artistic abilities um so that's where I get my art stuff from but and my brothers were in speech and debate when they were in high school so there's there's some performance stuff there but no, <laughs> no theater stuff. <laughs> I'm curious, what was it when this, you know, professor sort of came forward to you and was like, hey, you you might have something here. Like, what was it about it, you know, in that moment or, or moving forward that like drew you into it that was like, oh, yeah, this is really what, I, like, what convinced you, I guess? What convinced the me? question? Yeah, um, I think what, what it, it, was it? A, it was a class that, the class that that wasn't part of the major was called Playgoers, and we we went to see a couple of plays. It wasn't all about going to see plays, but we read a lot of scripts, and we you know we we learned what it took to either write scripts or um, how to read them, how to you know interpret them, that sort of stuff. And then at the very end of the semester, we actually did a show. Oh, I acted in that. <laughs> there's oh. one <laughs> and oh I acted in a couple of little directing scenes too anywho um and that it it was the one class that I had that really excited me I had some literature classes I had the biology class that I passed with a d minus 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 oh. um yeah um, I had foreign language cause I was going to be a bachelor or I was a bachelor of arts. So I had already learned a bunch of French. So let's keep that going. Um, so this was the one that y- y- I felt it. I kind of felt it in my soul that this, this feels right. This is, this is who I am. Mm. And at first I thought, sure, acting, <laughs> Yeah. And then I lost my lines on stage and said, never again. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's usually how it happens, right? <laughs> so you transitioned into lighting technology, something in there at some point. How did that happen? Um, yeah, well, uh, the, the. After uh, you lost your lines. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Um <laughs> Yeah, that singed in your memory for the rest of your days. Um, it our syllabus for um, 
our major was pretty extensive. And, you know, we kind of joked that if you didn't become an alcoholic, a chronic smoker, or have a mental breakdown, you weren't doing it right. Oh, my goodness. Um, so we had a pretty severe, you know, uh, class schedule. And so it was probably the first year that you've declared that you're going to be a major. It's this class called, uh, well, the number was 105 and 106. And it was basics. I mean, you learned every single nail. You learned every single screw. You learned every single tool. You learned, I mean, all yeah. of it. Now, this was before computers. <laughs> yes, this uh, is how old I am. So <laughs> we didn't, We our drafting was all on paper and pencils. I still have those. I just found them not too long ago. So, you know, you learned how to draw a line by spinning your, your pencil so that it always stayed the right, you know, thickness and all, oh my God. And we all still do it. We joke about it to this day. Mm -hmm. um, but it was in that whole process of doing a smattering of acting and doing learning about lights and learning about sound and learning about costumes. Um, and I had already done some sewing with my mom um, prior to this. So, you know, I was savvy with a sewing machine, but even costuming was just kind of like, eh. but for some reason, lighting just kind of, it, 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 it just clicked. Um, sound was never a strong, like, part of our our training but um and my boyfriend at the time was a big sound guy so I just kind of like left it up to him so eh, you know <laughs> so lights was it you know um and we never had unfortunately a full class on stage management and we kind of learned by default and by mm -hmm. <laughs> smoking and drinking and getting through it <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah it, that was rough <clears throat> I get that yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah that was that was kind of just the process of of kind of just figuring out when you're given all your opportunities and you've tried your smattering of all of them what hits and it's like you know I, I think I like lights and there I went so yeah, yeah. what um what brought you into the Twin Cities? Because um, you said you went to school in uh, Wisconsin, was it? Yeah. Yep, yep, Waukesha, Wisconsin. Um, and um, ironically, they didn't know the two profs that I had. Yes, this is how big the school was. We had two professors. Um, <laughs> didn't know how big the theater scene was in the Twin Cities. Mm. And I had a friend who graduated a year before who had moved up here and um, said, you should come up and check this place out because you you could get a job up here. I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. Okay, well. And, and I did and was just blown away by how much was up here. Yeah. And um, yeah, moved up here and never looked back um, yeah. and was just like, why didn't we know about this? Yeah. And um, funny enough, I think it was about five years ago or so, both of my professors kind of were doing a, it almost felt like a farewell tour. It was really kind of strange that they both were driving around the country visiting alums mm -hmm. and they came up to the twin cities cause there's a good handful of us up here and um, said, we had no idea that this was up here. It's like, gentlemen, <laughs> it's not just about Chicago. You know, this was Waukesha is near Milwaukee and you know, one of them worked a lot in Racine, which is just South of Milwaukee. And, 
uh, you know, it's only five hours away for crying out loud. And you didn't know it was here that you're crazy. So, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so working, you know, almost everybody jokes these days about you start at, um, theater in the round. That's kind of your, you always your springboard and, mm-hmm. you know, good on them. They, I don't know if they still do. They used to keep the resumes that everybody would send in so that they would be the ones that you would call. It's like, we need a stage manager. Do you have, how do you, you know, and this is what we're doing. Do you have somebody, you know, they could rifle through the resumes and go, well, here's a few, give them a call. I don't know that they do that anymore. That was way back in the eighties. <laughs> oh, that would be in the nineties actually. But <clears throat> Um, so yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's pretty wild to see how that's all adapted and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know a ton about the Chicago scene cause I've, I've worked in this area or like little gigs, you know, out further in the country. Right. But other than that, it's, uh, I, I can understand, though, why someone would be like, oh, Chicago's it. Like, that's the only place you can really go in this area. Um, right, right. And, yeah, and it's that's only two hours away from Milwaukee. So, you know, right. why not? Right. Um, but, yeah, and Chicago has, you know, Second City and, and all the, the yeah. uh, comedy stuff. So, yeah. you know, they have a, a shining, more of a shining star on them, which, you know, it's okay if you ask me. You know, just keep it quiet, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so how did you, um, once you moved to the Twin Cities, how did you start to build your network and, um, gain the work that you wanted to be doing once you're here? Cause you, you ended up at a law firm at some point. I'm just right. wondering what happened. Like, well, it's called paying the bills. I, yes. Amen. <laughs> um, it, I moved up here. Um, I, promptly got married to my uh, boyfriend in college who was the sound guy. Um, And um, he auditioned, he was an actor as well. uh, uh, And he auditioned for a company and came home and he says, you gotta, you gotta meet these people. It sounds crazy, but they're great. And you know, blah, blah, blah. So um, we got into this, group of, of theater people. Um, the group isn't any, isn't around anymore. And, you know, just kind of got interconnected through that. Okay. And then we're all young and upstarts. So as time has gone on, it's like, oh, I know that person. Oh, I know that person. Oh, I know that person. Uh, And suddenly, you know, it's this small group has spread out and you're, two degrees of separation from almost everybody. Mm. Um, And when you're young, you take a lot of jobs. So, you know, I worked for this one company that was primarily stage management and I really wanted to do lights with them, but the director really, he says, I only see you as a stage manager. So no, which was a little heartbreaking, but okay, if that's the way it is, then I'll do lighting design somewhere else. So I worked ironically <laughs> with the, an outdoor Shakespeare theater. Yes. <laughs> Not a whole lot of lights going on there, but you know, um, I again did more stage management with that than anything. But we did do a couple of shows in, um, was it the People's Center? Some podunky little place over by the U. I don't know if it still exists or not. Um, but, um, so did some shows with that and then, yeah, needed to pay the bills. So 
um, got this job at a law firm because my landlord sister worked at was a lawyer at the law firm and said, oh, you know, we need a messenger. So come on in and meow, meow. And so, yeah, paid the bills there for seven years until it bellied up. And um, in the meantime, because that schedule was nine to five and not on weekends, I could do theater in the evening and weekends. And, you know, if I needed some time off, they could give that to me if I had a rehearsal or, or whatever, um, I could get the time off. So, um, it, it was a pretty serendipity, good serendipity job to have. Um, and, and it, like I said, it was, it paid the bill. So that, that made all the difference in the world. Um, and then when that folded, yeah, that's, that's when your life kind of crumbles around you and you go, what? In the meantime, I had already been divorced. Um, and, um, I had a dog, so I couldn't really move anywhere because finding an apartment with a large dog is not really easy. It's easier now than it was then for sure. Um, so, and I started dating, um, another guy that I went to school with and, um, who, uh, as I said earlier, got the job at St. Kate's and then came home one day and said, Hey, should we work together? <laughs> sure. <Goodness. laughs> but he, in all honesty, he was working at the theater department and I was working at the O'Shaughnessy. So we really didn't work together. Um, so it, it never really was a problem and we're not ones for public displays of affection anyway. So, you know, there was no worry about us being in a coat closet somewhere. So, Oh, well, <laughs> good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Little personal, you know, TMI kind of stuff. No <laughs> um, did you have any sort of mentor or somebody who you felt like helped you move up in this world or anybody who was somebody you could talk to about like, Hey, I'm frustrated and I want something different. I don't know. To be honest with you, uh, the first mentor I truly admit to having would be the one I still currently have. And that's Kevin Jones. Um, he, um, he's been kind of the, the big brother Um, I think he, he has always seen the potential in me. He's good at seeing that and, um, has supported me a lot and kind of pushed me more out of my comfort zone than I would like, but also, you know, in, in the proper way, he's pushed me in a lot of other ways too. Don't get me wrong. Cause I believe it. (laughs) Yeah. The big brother can go only so far, you know what I mean? So, um, but he has certainly helped me, um, I never learned uh, lighting for dance. Um, Mm. The theater department I came from was not very musical theater oriented at all. So I didn't deal with choreography very much. I didn't deal with, I dealt with straight dramas. That was it. Mm. Um, Or comedies, you know what I mean. Um, So now I work at the O'Shaughnessy and suddenly there's all this dance and I kind of need to learn you know, what are booms? I mean, I knew what booms were, but what do they do? And what, oh yes, lighting angles. Okay. Yeah. That makes all the difference. And, you know, colors and how they blend. And he, I think learned the same sort of 
um, or he has the same ideas that I do of you don't need to just throw a bunch of colored gels on stage. You need to blend those colors to make, you can make different colors if you have two right colors, you know, you don't need six, you just need two, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, so I, I think he's really connected me in that way as a mentor, because I, I can go to him going, I, I don't, I don't get this. I don't, I don't, I don't feel right about this. And this is happening. And, you know, what do you think? And, you know, yeah. and there are times that I don't want to talk to him for like a year, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's that brother sister thing. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, definitely he would be a mentor. And you know what? My husband actually is, is a bit of a mentor yeah. um, in that, um, you know, not necessarily work ethic, but um, just, you know, it's okay. Just, just get it done. And you'll be okay. And you can do this, you know, that it, so I don't know if he's not so much of a mentor as he's just kind of somebody who, who supports me. So, yeah, yeah. But I get that. Um, yeah. Um, do you still have goals for your career um, post pandemic, I suppose? Like, what are you, what are you looking at for the future? I don't know. You want to just go back to work? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just it. I mean I've I've been blessed that the school has kept us on furlough, has been paying our medical um, health benefits. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have to pay in what our paychecks would have taken out. Um, but um, to still have that is a mercy for sure. Um, if we didn't have that, I probably would have found another job just because you know, paying the bills. Let's go back to that. Couldn't go back to the law firm. That's for sure. Um, but, um, I don't know. I, you know, I'm 52 years old and I've always said, I can't, I can't retire from this job and the lighting job, climbing up ladders and all that stuff. But Mm. at this point, maybe I have to, Mm. um, it's not that I don't like my job. I, I love my job. I love being able to give something to the client that they never expected or that was just so wonderful. Or, you know, I have thank you notes posted all over my booth from people that have said, you know, I couldn't have done this without you. Yeah. Um, that That's what drives me. Um, am I talented? Sure. Am I the best in town? Hell no. Um do I have room to grow? Oh, most definitely. Um, you know, things are getting much more automated. Um, QLab, I've got to learn QLab. Um, you know, it's, it's those sort of things. I, you know, I come from very old school, so, <laughs> you know, having a, a computerized board is already like, um, but obviously I've adapted pr- quite well to that. Um, so I think, yeah, just getting back to work because now all of those skills and all those numbers, I was even trying to remember yesterday. It's like, okay, what are my channel numbers? Do I even remember those anymore? I'm not using them on a daily basis. So I don't, you know, I can listen to Nutcracker now and not like seize up. It's, it's, (laughs) it's one of those things that I just, oh my gosh, pomp and circumstance. It's almost a nice little ditty at this point. So (laughs) I, uh, it's, I think, yeah, just getting back to work and seeing what 
do I want? And I've certainly have had plenty of months to figure that out and I can't come up with anything. So if there's nothing that's driving me, then clearly I'm in the right place. Question mark. I mean, if that's where you feel like you are happy and, you know, growing still like that. Mm, Okay. I mean, (laughs) you know, it's uh, paying the bills. Yes. it, It pays the bills. Yeah. Yeah, yeah real. <laughs> but you know there are more medical bills when I'm working harder. So you know yes. I've I haven't gone to the chiropractor as much as I used to. So that's kind of nice. Wasn't that nice? <laughs> Do you so, feel that um, you know because you you mentioned that you know the practice has changed over the years. You know from going to, from you know analog boards to digital boards that sort of thing. Um, uh, your practice has changed over time in terms of that, do you feel that, um, how do you, is there anything else that you feel has changed about the practice over the years? Or is it just kind of the technology? Oh, well, yeah, a lot of it is the technology. Um, you know, LEDs have completely changed things. Um, you know, mainly in timing, you know, now it's down to programming as opposed to changing gels and, and having more lights to make sure that you have, you know, you used to have three lights to have three different colors, you know, when you couldn't change color on the fly. So, you know, now you can have one light and you can change colors all you want. Um, but that adds to your programming. Um, now, yeah, you can have pre-programmed color palettes and things like that, that you can push a couple of buttons and boom, there it is. But that still takes time to program. Right. So, um, and different light companies have different LEDs, which have different parameters, which have different colors, which have different, I mean, it's just, there's, you know, when you were given a light, you had a light. Now you've got, oh, I've got to learn this, that, and the other, because the computer doesn't understand that there's this that and the other and so it's it's you have to take apart mentally you got to take apart what's going on with the light to make sure that the the computer board that you're running can get the same information that you want out of the light and it's it can be very frustrating um now etc is a company that is really great with all of that um they really try to make it easier for us folk to get that taken care of quickly. Um, you know, they do a lot with high schools, so they're savvy to young, fresh brains <laughs> or old, tired brains to <laughs> figure out this stuff. Um, and, you know, different people are going to like different brands of, of lights. Um, and I get that. Um, so uh, being a house that has a lot of different acts come through, whether it's rockers or dance companies or, um, you know, a little theatrical thing, I have to adapt to that. Um, and the nice thing with computers, too, is that you can have a flash drive sometimes and be able to just, you know, plug that in and voila, there it is. And great. I'm hands off. I'm away. Take it away. I'm good. <laughs> saves me some time I bet (laughs) um do you have what is it ever been I know right (laughs) uh has there ever been 
any time where you felt like being a woman in your field has created friction or any kind of um, difficulties or has it ever created any sort of um, like one up for you? Bonuses. Um, (laughs) Certainly I have seen plenty of chauvinistic attitudes, Mm. um, which has been actually more fun for me to enlighten my crew about than me dealing with it because me Mm -hmm. I have had two older brothers so and no sisters so I'm used to the bs from men you know I'm I kind of grew up a little bit of a tomboy so I'm I'm more comfortable with men ironically if they treat me properly I'm not asking for you know you know please do not you know treat me with kid gloves or anything like that. Right. Um, but when, (laughs) when I would explain to some of the guys in the crew and my crew was all men and say, you know, you need to talk to this guy because I have, and my apologies to the public who's listening. I will say I have boobies, so I don't have any brains. So can you just talk to the guy for me? Because all he knows is that I have boobies. And wow. my crew, yeah, well, see, and that's that's just it. Is we've joked about this, and and it's all understood that you know I I there's no harm with me, you know, whatever. HR I know would be exploding right now, but um, I. Uh, I've run across that you're a woman, you don't know what you're talking about, or or you're a student here because St. Catharines is an all-women's college, a university, so, oh, you must be a student here. And granted, mm-hmm. I've, I don't, I've stopped coloring my hair just so that that could help that issue a little bit. Hmm. Um, I look younger than I am. Great. But no, I'm not a student. Yes, I am a woman. And yes, I do have half a clue. Um, so when I get that kind of response of, I will have, I've had men completely ignore me. I'll say, hi, my name's Mary Beth and I'm your lighting person. Um, what can I do? You know, do you have a light plot? Do you have anything that can help me, um, get you up and running? And he walked right past me and asked my crew member and said, um, who's the lighting person here? Uh, right. Yeah. Mm, You know, and it wasn't overly loud in the hall at the time, you know, and all this stuff. And, and uh, Chadwick said, uh, that person that you just walked past is your lighting person. (laughs) And it's like, Oh, that's, that's a good start. That's a really good start. Um, and I had a run in with, um, somebody who, a maintenance guy, not from the school, from an outside uh, company was working on something and I knew what he was working on. So I went upstairs and got him a screwdriver. He didn't have any tools on him. Mm-hmm. So I said, and another crew member was with me and I said, I guarantee you, this guy's going to ask me if I know how to use this tool. And he was like, no, he's not going to ask you. I hand him the tool and he's like, oh, you think this will help? Do you? Yep. Yep. I do. <laughs> in more ways than one <laughs> and the jaw on my crew member's face you know just just totally on the ground he's like i 
I didn't believe you before, but oh my gosh. And I said, this is all the time. And I said, I'm numb to it. I play with it now because it's just ridiculous. And I, I'm more than happy. And the whole boobies thing is just because it's, it's, you, you kind of need to give that, that slap in the face to make somebody aware of what they're doing. Hmm. So, you know, there are times when it gets really bad. Yeah, I'll I'll stick my chest out and like blink really hard and change my voice and be oh kind of stupid. If that's what you want, then that's what I'll do. Mm. Um, and I find that by doing that actually adds some power into the situation because it's that slap right. that makes them realize that they're doing something wrong. Right. Or that they're doing they're being stupid. Um and that has rarely backfired for me. Mm. Um, there's only been one backfire, and that was me having kind of a mental breakdown <laughs> at the time. And I just, I just excused myself from the work and and walked away. So, um, and yeah, and that had that had more to do with a guy thinking he knew how to do my job when he didn't, and there was just this, there was there was no getting. It was a bad spiral of you don't know what you're talking about. No, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Nobody's going to win in this situation and I'm not feeling well, so I'm out. So um, it had nothing to do with me being a woman, although maybe, but at the time it didn't matter. (laughs) You just wanted out. Yeah. Yep. The guy was just a dick. (laughs) (laughs) No one needs to deal with that. I Uh I appreciate that you are, uh, uh, jaded enough <laughs> strong <laughs> but like I mean also also to break that down a little bit I think you're also like freaking strong enough and brave enough to like have that slap in the face with these idiots who are you know treating you like that and I, I also like feel a little sad that it got to that point where it's like you have to just like you can't be civil anymore <laughs> to these idiots no yeah and then I think again that's having the two older brothers and the father <clears throat> Now, don't get me wrong. I love the three of them dearly, but um, having had that already built up in me, um, you know, you know, the public here has not heard that, you know, I am a sailor's daughter and I I say things that (laughs) really are not womanly or ladylike, as they would say. Um, Uh (laughs) But um, and I find that being able to to speak in like that in a casual environment helps a lot too. Um, and you know, that's just me. And in my circumstances, I know other women feel differently and have stronger opinions in, in other directions and that's completely fine. But for me, this is what I found works for me. Um, and, um, I don't plan on changing it much just cause if it works, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. And I appreciate that. It, that it puts you in a position of having power as opposed to being a victim. And you have like taken that and owned that like that. I love yeah. that. I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, I, I have been a victim and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Yeah. And so I always want to make sure that I'm not. So if I can, before I become a victim, I always want to turn it and say, hang on, you have the problem. I don't. So here it is and let's work together and I'll forget about it. Thank you very much. Um, you know, 
So, and like I said, it's now turned into a game for me. You know, hardware stores are the worst. Absolute worst. It's just, you know, I, I had a whole discussion on what an all is. A-W-L, all. It's a pointy piece of metal that, you know, it, it's a, a nail hole tapper. It's, it's you know, and I, I even got so far as to say, it's, you know, if you need to pop somebody's tires, that's a great way to do that. I'm from Hick, Wisconsin. I, you know, that's what we did. <sighs> this person had no clue what an all is. And it's just like, and he just looked at me like, you know, it must be a girl thing. <laughs> I'm not asking for a tampon, buddy. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. And I'm just like, ah, okay, all right. You know what? Never mind. Someday when you see it, you'll think of me because I'm trying desperately to explain to you what it is. And it's really hard to, a simple thing is very hard to explain when nobody has a clue on it. So I love that. There you go. Google all. Yeah. Uh, now we can find pictures of it on a tiny computer right. in our pocket. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I've sort of uh, gone through sort of the talking points that I wanted to hear from you, but also like, is there anything else that you wanted to share about your experience that's different from others? Anything that you want to open up for um, to sure. share to our podcast? <laughs> um, you know, I work in a school environment Um and the wheels move quite slowly because, you know, committees and departments and boards and all that stuff have to make ma- major decisions on, on a whole campus, uh, campus-wide situation. So, um, you know, when our hall is needing of repairs and whatnot, significant repairs, it, it's, it's a process that after 20 years I've learned, yeah, it's, it's a process. Um, I've seen many people, um, executive directors come and go. Um, I don't, I don't want that job that it sounds and seems horrible. Um, and, and there are people out there who love that stuff. Great. That's awesome. And if you're good at it, great. That's awesome. But, um, (laughs) it's it with a school environment it just you're you're hitting your head against a wall more often than not and what's frustrating for me at this school is that they have closed the theater department and when i first started here um i really wanted to be able to expand so that the theater department could actually become kind of um like a uh, an imprint uh um, apprenticeship kind of situation for the union, for the kids to learn what it takes to be a lighting designer, what it takes to be a sound person, what it takes to be a deckhand, rigging, all that stuff. Um, and I just saw the theater department get stripped away slowly, slowly, slowly. And then finally this year it's been closed. Um, pre pandemic, it was, it was closed. Um, and, that just, that just hurt because being a woman in this field and knowing how important it is to have women in this field and how difficult it is to get women in this field, although I think that's changing, which is great. Um, women need more of that support. And Troy was doing a great job in supporting them. He was the technical director, so mm-hmm. he had them in the shop and 
teaching them how to use power tools, which by the way, ladies, learn your power tools. You will never regret it. Um, And then, you know, they would see me come and go because, you know, we're married. So I'd be like, hey, where's Troy? And, you know, obviously no displays of affection, but just talking and whatnot. So they would get to know me as well. And occasionally a theater department show would happen on the O'Shaughnessy and then we could interact all together. Um, And I wish that I could have been able to finish that and, and have that situation because I think more students, we're in a struggle right now. Is theater a dying breed? I'm not ready to accept that. Um, I hope not (laughs) for the sake of, you know, for the sake of everybody. Um, I think live performance still is, is something that is needed and wanted Um, as much as we love streaming our Netflix. um, There's something a little different about being there and seeing the sweat and, you know, seeing what happens when somebody misses their lines, you know, um, or does it become the show of the broken glass on stage (laughs) and something breaks and that's all you want to care about. And you don't listen, you have no idea what the rest of the show is about. Um, but being in a, in a school environment has its ups and downs. Clearly I feel more safe in my job and that they're not going to close the O'Shaughnessy because it's a huge space, but at the same time, they don't really know what to do with us because it is such a huge space. Um, Mm. And I get that. I understand that. Um, I just wish I had better opportunity to explain how important it was to keep the theater department, but it's not a, a a department that uh, builds revenue Um, and the alums, they've got some decent alums, but not enough to, you know, name, theaters after so sure. that can give sure. endowments and all that so um, yeah so yeah that's yeah um if you could give advice to somebody who is just starting out in theater who might want to join uh you know the performing arts um or even just telling talking to your younger self maybe um is there any bit of advice that you would give them don't burn bridges You might hate somebody. You might just absolutely be disgusted with somebody. Just walk away. Don't burn the bridge because everybody is related to everybody in this field. Everybody knows everybody. There's a lot of, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, And if if you do somebody wrong, it'll get, it'll get known. Um, I've not only seen it, I've been a part of it. I've, you know, come through it. Um, and it's, it's, it's amazing how true, how, how small this environment really is. You know, how many, we've got, how many millions of people that are unemployed right now that are in the entertainment industry, but we're all like 10 degrees of separation from each other, you know? So it's, it's, it's crazy. So don't, burn bridges be I don't want to say suck it up because that's that's a completely different thing it's just if if you've got problems with somebody and you can't resolve it just take a deep breath walk away and let time heal that 
wound because it will. And, you know, whatever problems they were having at that time, you didn't know about, you know, um, and time later, if you come together, you'll be like, oh, (laughs) what was that all about? That was silly. Um, So true enough. (laughs) Yeah. So. Um, well, thank you so much for sitting down and, and chatting with me. It was really awesome to just hear your story and no problem um, and your contribution to this area. So. Right, right. And good seeing you. It's been a yeah, while. Yeah, you as well. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this episode of We Shadows. If you enjoyed it, please recommend it to your friends, colleagues, and students. If you loved it, like us on Facebook and please hit the follow or subscribe button on your chosen podcast platform. We Shadows was created by Liesa Behrens, Rachel Lanto, and Anita Kelling. It was recorded over Zencaster and produced by Anita Kelling. Our theme music was composed and performed by J. William Kelsch. We Shadows can be found wherever you search for your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in this week, and be sure to check us out every Wednesday for new episodes.